Hi, and welcome to Talking With Cancer. I'm Katie. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us today. So grab a coffee or a tea. In your favourite mug. Let's get settled down and begin this week's conversation. I think we've got this. We're both abroad, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We're dealing with like dodgy Wi-Fi connections and passwords that don't make sense. Yeah, so you're in Portugal with your brother and sister. I am. And you are in um, Turkey, very near, well, a drive from Istanbul with Dinch's parents. That's where we are now. Yeah, exactly. And we spent two days, three days on the Bosphorus in the centre of Istanbul, which was amazing. And um, I sent you a little a little video, didn't I, just of my morning, the other morning. So let's yeah. see if I play it. Will it give people... Just a sense of the sounds of where I am. What do you think? Your I, idea. I love it. No, no, no. I, I, well, I thought I found it really just tranquil. This is what the Bosporus, which is the most incredible, I keep saying to Dinch, the water, the river, he's like, it's a stream. And the reason I can't get my head around the fact it's a stream is because a stream to me is just like a little trickle of water that you might come across on Hampstead Heath. <laughs> this is like a huge... It feels like the channel when you're one side of it. Like there's a bridge across it as well. It's ginormous. And there's like it's a it's a huge stream where the Black Sea and the Aegean Sea meet. So it's literally like the pathway from the east and the west. And it's incredible. It's the thoroughfare, isn't it? It's like it's like a maritime thoroughfare. Like there's just it's not a stream. A stream like you throw poo sticks down, don't you? Like or like paper boats. This is right. So this is what it sounds like at 7 a.m. Which is basically like, yeah, boat traffic and birds I can hear and fishermen. The, I could hear the birds really clearly in that. I almost looked around me to see if there were birds in my room, but there were, but it was birds on your phone. So how really have, cool. How has it been being away? I guess new time zone to take your medicine. New, t- you know, new place to be. How was travelling? How was the flight? How has it been seeing Dinch's parents and talking to them? Well, I was a bit apprehensive because I thought, how am I gonna? traips around you know a city holiday it's busy and buzzy isn't it so I was a bit kind of nervous beforehand and then I thought well Dinch knows this place like the back of his hand so he's not here with new eyes like he's going to be fine if we need to take it slow and rest the flight was really interesting I was quite organized and I packed sort of snacks and food and I packed these drinks that my friend sent to me as a gift she works for pure earth and these incredible healthy drinks that they produce water kefir is the thing they're known well for this is not an ad we're not like a yeah <laughs> this is hashtag this is not an ad hashtag gifted but not in a way that means i have to talk about the okay. products they're really good and they're really healthy these drinks one of the so i so I packed into my bag and dinch said you're not getting free security with those and i was like okay just try me so my bag goes through security and I'm looking on my phone for a letter from one of my millions of doctors that says I've got cancer and I'm on cancer treatment. And I find a letter and the security woman, you know, she kind of, my bag goes through the scanner and she says, whose bag is this? And I said, it's mine. And I said, listen, I'm bringing food and drink through because I'm, I've, 
I'm on a cancer treatment and I just don't want to eat the unhealthy food. I want to just try and, and she said, um, she said, look, you can take the food, but you can't take the drinks. So I said, oh, she said, have, have the drink now, have it now. And I said, do you want it? She said, no, you have it now. And she said, what kind of cancer do you have? And I said, I've got thyroid cancer. And she said, I've got cancer too. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, and she said, give me chills. God. Okay. It was, it was like, whoa. She said, I, they found a lump on my neck. And I said, really? And she said, it's ovarian cancer. And she said, I just started the treatment a few weeks ago. And she said, my hair's already falling out. It was so bizarre. Suddenly the whole airport just stopped and stood still. And it was just her and I having this. It really was emotional. I'm not surprised you're emotional. I felt emotional. And I was like, yeah. how? Yeah. I said, do people here know? Do your colleagues know? And she said, some of them, not all of them. And I said, how are you finding the chemo? And she said, yeah, listen, I've just started and it's okay. And I said, do you think you'll get a wig or not? And she said, no. And I said, I bet you'll rock it. You'll rock a shaved head. And, um, and I said, look, are you sure you don't want the drink? Because I thought she needs it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody else could have been unpacking your bag. I had no need for it, but you got her. God, the world is weird, isn't it? It was just so weird. And, you know, it was a really... I mean, amazing, amazing exchange because I thought, yeah, too right. I'm not the only one with fucking cancer, right? And I'm not the only one going through this. And like, we've talked about one in two statistic. Like here I am in a busy airport. It was really busy. And I was like, if we really take that statistic for real, then half the people here have cancer. And suddenly I started seeing people in a very different way. And I started feeling just a bit more connected to people because I just realized like you just don't know who's got what and what they're going through yeah you never do do you but I guess it brings it into really sharp focus when you can make such an immediate connection you are in that person's shoes and they are in yours like instantaneously there's that it was just so it was just such a strange experience because I also thought like here I have and suddenly she realized hang on she had a job to do she had to test what it was I'd been drinking because even though I was drinking it there and then, she still had to make sure it wasn't something in my body that was going to blow up the plane or something. <laughs> well, you do hear of kefir exploding if it's like left unattended or innocent smoothies, you know, because they kind of bubble away. But that's not, it's not what you meant. It's not nitroglycerin. It's... No, I'm not suggesting pure earth, but that in their product. <laughs> um, but it just really woke me up. It just really woke me up. And it was just a really interesting exchange. And then, you know, the flight was fine. It was very quick. Time sort of does, I know before I said slow, but it passes very quickly at the moment. And I'm listening to this great audio book called You Are the Placebo, which I have to say is really, really fascinating. It's by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. Dr. Joe Dispenza, You Are the Placebo, Making Your Mind Matter. And again, this is, it's not, it's not just, oh, the power of the mind. Isn't the mind amazing what it can do? It's about how we wire ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So we allow experiences and thoughts to control feelings. And we don't even realize that the triggers, you know, like we talked last time about even just talking about the renovation made my body feel anxious. And it's that, that's a perfect example of how you can experience something and then it can happen again and again and again, even just the conversation of it, 
you can experience again. And that's what this guy is talking about, really, about how, you know, like, let's say, for me, I think, like, one thing I always feel is a little bit anxious about being late for something or a little bit anxious if, like, I've got to be somewhere on a certain time. And, like, growing up, my dad was in the army, right? So he was very punctual. You know, I mean, he used to... Mm -hmm. Five minutes late was not acceptable. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that about your dad. I didn't know that about. Okay, so you 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 sort of grew up under army rule where you had to be what shoes polished, trousers neat, starched, everything, and on time. I mean, I am super tidy and a little bit a little bit OCD about putting things in certain places and in certain orders. Like your army bunk would have been. It would have been hospital corners and like everything. Okay, fine. Okay, <laughs> so, a lot about you now makes sense to me. <laughs> Why I'm so regimented? Oh God. Um, so so this so I'm listening to that on this on, on the flight and yeah, it's just just some interesting stuff. And he he talks a bit about epigenetics as well in this book. Um, so there's lots of different things, you know what how we allow certain thoughts to trigger certain feelings or certain feelings to trigger certain thoughts and how like you know how those two things work in tandem basically and is the idea in his book that I guess once you observe like trigger overwhelming response that basically runs away from you is there a way that you can short circuit that process like you can intervene like if you if you watch it happen if you know it's happening how do you stop it or yeah I mean I wouldn't say that like what I've listened to so far is that he's saying, and this is how to undo that stuff. But I think what he's teaching you is like, you know, if you have a better understanding, like, okay, well, maybe if I realize that's why I have a, a fear of being late or of timing, I can kind of take myself out of the experience, reframe and rewire what's going on whilst I'm feeling it and go, it's okay. I might be a little bit late. Yeah. being a little, But what's the worst that can happen? A little bit late is fine. A little bit. Let's just make that clear. Okay, we're not going to be like, yeah. Half, <laughs> as, as, yeah, because as my friend Chloe says, when you're really late for someone, it's like your time is more important than their time. And that's not right. You think it's rude. I've always, I've always thought it was rude to be late for someone. Because it is. It's, 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 yeah. it's rude. It's rude. Rude. So, um, yeah. And then he actually does talk a bit about epigenetics. But what I'm not going to do this week is I'm not going to try... And explain that myself. I have asked the good old doc, yeah. who, by the way, has done me some voice notes on epigenetics, but there's no grammar. So if you can just, if you can just put your own full stops and punctuation in. No grammar. Why did he? Did he get a bit self-conscious about the grammar, or did he just? Could just... be, or he might have felt like this was less about dictating a letter and more about sharing some information. Thank you very much for that voice note on epigenetics. I'm glad. I'm glad to have an expert on the show. <laughs> Well, I'm about to play it, um, and I'm not going to play it on 1.5. Thank you. So it's a bit long. No, it's not that long. But I just thought we tried to we tried to talk about it last time, and you did a much better job of me. But this is just a succinct explanation of it. Okay, here we go. All cells contain chromosomes, which contain the genes for bodily functions. The genes are sequences of amino acids which code for proteins. Epigenetics is the science of how our behaviours, such as smoking and environment, can affect the way genes work. And epigenetic changes are reversible. So, for example, stopping smoking may allow the changes to be lost, decreasing the risk of lung cancer. 
There's one more. Other things which can cause epigenetic change are age, infections, nutrition, and gene mutations. For example, the so-called BRCA or BRAC1 in breast cancer and the SETP9 mutation in colorectal cancer. And we can now test for some of these. It is gene mutations in cancer which are becoming better understood and can be manipulated with new drugs. And this is a very exciting new science. I was thinking, is there anyone else that we could, we could um, although I love Doc's explanation, it, we're, we're, we're looking for an epigenetics expert. I know you've, you've emailed is it Tessa. I've emailed Nessa Carey and not her back, but then my other cool cousin from New York sent me a whole list of people from NYU in the research department who are looking at epigenetics. So I'm going to go through that list and she's going to help me reach out. So we'll see. I mean, part of me feels that what I'm going through is so rare that they're just going to go, yeah, no, we're not going to throw that into a study because, you know, why would we? But, you know, there's, it's worth pointing, it's worth kind of, you know, exploring. And it was funny because I spoke to my mum. Oh, brilliant. Come on, mum. Bring it. What she got to say. I love it. I love it. She said, darling, I watched four, five and six last night. She said, you know, it was so good watching them all. And, you know, she was really sweet. She said, I'm so inspired. And then she said, and the epigenetics she said, it reminds me of the donkeys down here in the New Forest. It's just like the donkeys, isn't it? Because, you know, they always go back to what used to be the bakehouse. And even though it's not the bakehouse anymore and it's actually someone's home now, they still always go back to, to what they thought they think is the bakehouse. And basically there's this home, right? She thinks that that's epigenetics, that they always go back there. And I was explaining it to Dinch, and he was like, that's more like memory, like memory in their cells. But there is this house down here that is always on the market because basically the donkeys hang out and shit outside of it, particularly in the summer. And they think that they're going to like rock up and get some breads and some cake and some rolls or whatever. And it's like, no, someone lives there now. Um, like homing pigeons, basically. It's like, it's like... Um... Chickens return to roost or whatever that, that phrase is. And homing pigeons, like they know, they know, yeah, they've got that as there. They come back to what they know. Yeah, they come back to what they know. So that's how she would explain epigenetics. Um, so, yeah, so listening to that, listening to that audio book, which is really interesting, and then arriving in Istanbul, which it's just, it's a great city. I mean, what can I say? It's vibrant. It's... Every part of your senses are just tuned in. And look, you know, I have to say, like, I'm feeling very alive at the moment. Like every experience that I have and, you know, I'm so in it. Um, but what an amazing city to be in and to feel like that. Honestly, there's just there's just so much life. And it was funny because I was saying to Dinch, I mean, Dinch has got very mixed feelings about coming here and being here, you know. He grew up here and he went to school here, but then he kind of left in his early 20s and travelled around a lot. And he's come back in between then and now and spent some time here. But he's sad about what this country has become in terms of politically. But at the same time, I think he has, you know, it's quite fun for him to be a tourist in Istanbul and to take me around and for us to, like, eat the food. The food's just brilliant. It's so delicious. And, you know, I said to him, like, did you appreciate when you did live here? And he said, not really. He said, but what I realise is that you never have time to think, really. So you can very easily live your life and not really think about 
what's going on mm-hmm. because there's just so much happening all the time you know even like just sitting and watching the Bosphorus it's like so busy mm-hmm. um and he you know he really kind of noticed that about himself how different his life is now because he does reflect a lot on life and he is much more self-aware and I think coming here he kind of realized that he wasn't when he was living here mm-hmm. um so yeah he you know sort of took me around and we we just had a really lovely couple of days. And then the times I've been here before, I've always gone to this hammam. Mm-hmm. And it's this beautiful old hammam that was built in like the mid-1500s. Like the Ottomans were inspired by the Romans mm-hmm. and the Roman baths. And that's really where the hammam comes from. Um, so I go to this, this hammam, which is, it's just, it's very... Like it's very serene, but also what I love about these cultures, like in Morocco, they have these tiny little hammams attached to their homes. Like even if you wander up in the mountains, like, you know, where it's like the people are just like living very simple lives. They have these. It's an integral part of how they live. It's part of it. And like when I went to Laos, the same thing, they have these steams like really attached to their houses kind of up in the trees and it's all over. And I think like, what that tells you, you know, we've talked about self-care, haven't we? And how different it is in the West and the East. Like it's just part of everyday life to kind of have a place where you sit and you kind of le- literally let off steam. And you sweat it, sweat it all out. Yeah. And that's not even a luxury. That is just a very basic part of day-to-day living. And it's always struck me when I go abroad because you always think, oh, it's like a spa and how expensive are spas. And it's like, oh, it's a luxury to pamper yourself. So, um, but you're, you're good hammam. You, it was there was the hammam you went to because my experience of a hammam sounds quite different to yours. And I also went to one in um, in Turkey. Was yours quite luxurious? Well, what I guess it depends what you think is luxurious. It, it felt like pampering. It felt it felt restful. Yeah, that's good. Is that not what you felt? <laughs> <laughs> I refer to it like understand, like being like huge woman. They're, because because they're they're single gendered, aren't they? Like it's either men or women. You I don't you don't get mixed to maps. S- soaked up, sl- slathered up, like a like a like a soapy seal, unceremoniously thrown across a marble tile, and then scrubbed red raw with bracken and ferns. I think I lost five layers of epidermis, and then had a bucket of cold water thrown at me. It wasn't. It was the least. It was. I sort of staggered out. Like I. I it's, it was. I just. I, I staggered away, sort of shell shocked, and I paid for the experience. I couldn't believe it. Um, but I felt clean. I felt very fair. <laughs> Only you can have an experience that's meant to feel really relaxing and calming, and have it like turn it into something that's just hard work. I know, hard work, only me, only me, only me. But I did feel lighter and cleaner and you do feel a bit reborn, don't you? That's exactly how I felt. And what's really interesting is that my friend, the guru, as as she's becoming known, she said to me, we spoke really briefly the other day and she said, you know, I feel like you're shedding skin at the moment. That's feeling I have with you and it was very profound thing for her to say because she's right she's right you know I'm peeling off 
these layers at the moment to really get to the core of myself because that's what this illness is really making me do. And um, and I, that's what I was. That's what the hammam was there for. It was to physically shed some skin. And you know, you 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 go into this beautiful marble courtyard. It it it's huge, and you know, it's sort of echoey, and it's it's and it's you know, it's filled with women, mm-hmm. and they sit you down, and they bring you like a quince drink, and then you have to fill out a form. And of course, where I didn't ever have to tick any boxes about any illnesses, I have a big old cross in the cancer box and then go and get changed. And so, you know, my husband also, Dinch, had done a voice note in Turkish to kind of say to them, just be a little bit gentle around the neck and that I've got cancer, basically, because I just thought it's better that he just says it in their language than I try and translate it. And then you go into one of the, you get changed and then you go into one of the, go through one of the doors and you're basically sat in this, you wear a hammam towel with underwear or swimsuit or whatever on your knickers basically and nothing on top and just have this hammam towel and then you're sort of sat in this steam. It's not steam though, it's it's very warm. I mean, my best friend said, are you sure you should be doing that? Because you're going to be sweating out some of the medication. And I was like, well, I think I'll just do it anyway. Um, and then, and then, so you lie there for like 20 minutes. And then this wonderful Turkish woman comes kind of big breasted with like a crop top and she's got a hammam towel and just takes you by the hand and just leads you and then sits you down and just literally, yeah, just starts scrubbing. And I was so, when I've been before, in these kind of scenarios where someone's taking charge of me, I'm a little bit on edge and I'm a little bit like, mm, yeah, what yeah. are you going to do? Am I going to look stupid? Am I doing all the right things? Like, oh, now suddenly I'm pretty much naked here. Like, does that matter? And I just completely surrendered and let her. Look after you for a bit. Yeah. Take let her take charge. And her name was Banu and that meant princess. Every Turkish name means something. And I thought, oh, that's lovely. I'm being like looked after by a princess. And yeah, it's just great. And you just get all these, you feel like all of this skin is coming off you. And it's very biblical. And you look up and it's just like these holes in the dome that, you know, let the natural light in. Um, And then it's like washing you down and washing your hair. And then they kind of dry you and wrap a towel around you. And they take you back to this huge courtyard and you sit and they bring you tea and you just lie there. You know, and it's a it's just a lovely thing to do on your own or with with someone. And I think that's the thing, like, yeah, it's it's very biblical. And I felt like this is, you know, it's like the opposite of world swimming, but you get the same, it's kind of the same outcome, but the opposite experience. Purifying quality of, of water of being immersed, but it's interesting, like wild swimming being so cold and this being like so hot, but it delivered like that the intensity of either, I guess, delivers. That's, so, yeah, as you said, like purified, reborn, reborn and re- returned and reborn. Yeah. Definitely. And then I came out and Dinch had, Dinch had gone to see a friend while I'd been in the hammam. And I come out and I'm like, oh, that was so lovely and that was so relaxing. How was it seeing your friend? Because his friend, his friend's a little bit older than him, but his friend's wife has got breast cancer. I think she discovered her cancer in December. So a couple of months before me and has had like her chemo treatment and is starting, I think, some radiotherapy. And I thought that was going to be, well, that was just, you know, good for Dinch to kind of be able to talk to his his old pal about and compare notes in a way what they've both been going through. 
So I said, how was it? And what did you talk about? And he said, they talked about the stuff, that they talked about the fact that um, both their wives, even though they're having quite different cancer treatment, the effects and the side effects is that they're both having really bad, really smelly farts. Oh, this is a side effect. Okay. Okay. And that, that's the conversation that Dinch has with his friend. Love I it. thought they were going to have real deep and meaningful. <laughs> they just want to share. There were no beers and tears, but they just wanted to talk about farts. I feel- so there we go. Yeah. There's one of the side effects. Another way of me explaining without having to explain. And actually when, when I did tell, when I did tell the doctor and I went into quite a lot of detail and I said, Sorry, what are you going to put? What are you going to write down? And she said, just flatulence. I was going to say flatulence. They'll Latin it up to spare everybody, won't they? It's flatulence. <laughs> I thought I love the bonding he has with his friend. Like, that's really what... And, and also it made me feel a lot better, to be honest, because... Well, you're someone else that's going through it. It's a similar kind of side effect. Yeah. And then I kind of thought, you know, I'm so stuck on this idea that because what I'm, I've got, it's not a normal thyroid cancer and I'm not going to be able to find anyone else with the same thing. So it's really, you know, what's the point of me reaching out? I mean, you know, a cousin of mine was like, you know, for different reasons, she's sort of become part of this community where they talk about loss and what she's been going through basically. And she said, she finds it really useful. She talks to this group about stuff she wouldn't talk to anyone else about. And again, I thought, but it's really different, but it's not, it's not really different. And I suddenly realized like, even just, that knowing that someone else is going through yeah it's having it's having really smelly it's really having really smelly farts really bad smelly farts but also like yeah I was just gonna say it's the commonality isn't it it's it's like I feel this do you feel this the other person says yes and you're like oh my god it's like that moment of transcendence like I'm not alone in this like other people get it and I guess it's a moment where you don't have to keep explaining it because someone's in the soup with you you know, we're together in it. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, it's also partly what, what seems to be happening with this audio that we're doing. You know, my aunt said to me, it's so true, this was a few episodes back where we talked about the nurses and them saying things that are a bit insensitive. And she was like, oh my God, I listened to that and I thought it's so true. You really do get some really silly things said to you. And I thought, oh, wow, yeah. Like, it's feeling that connection, isn't it? It's feeling like, okay, maybe if I find other people who are going through similar things, I won't feel so alone and I will feel a connection. I felt that in the airport, you know, I felt like yeah, I'm part of this and other people are part of this. And it just, it actually just ground, grounded me a lot. It just makes you feel like less like this is just yours. I mean, not, I don't mean that in a way, but it, it's, that there are other people you can share this with or you can feel supported in a, in a different way. Yeah. And even just like looking on Instagram, you know, like originally I was like, I don't really know. I don't want my Instagram talking with cancer to be like where I'm following all friends and family. And, and then I started to think, oh, well, maybe cancer research. That's quite an interesting one to follow. Or like, you know, other people that I find inspiring and, you know, certain hashtags, what's being said in the hashtag thyroid cancer posts and what's being said in the intrectinib like the drugs I'm taking what are people saying with that and just delving into that a bit more but again it's like I said to you like I'm feeling braver braver about stuff and I spoke to Dr Newbold Mm -hmm. last Monday 
um, I had that call and I was gearing up for like, again, feeling really brave on that call, asking the questions I found too difficult to ask before. And I got myself really prepared for it. Dinch had some questions he wanted to ask. And so I emailed her these questions before and like we got on the call and, you know, she hadn't had a chance to look at my email. She'd been away. Mm. And I said, like, in not so many words, but I said, look, what do you see the outlook being for me? Like, what do you see this, how this is going? And she said exactly what I knew she'd say. She doesn't know. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like, we're all kind of waiting for some really solid information, basically. Like, am I going to be okay? Like, are we looking at, like, this being the cause of my death? Sorry, I know that's really frank. Yeah. But that's the big question, isn't it? But the truth is, like, they can't tell me. They have to see how I'm responding, like, and every step of the way, you know, like, she said, look, we see these kind of, these kind of meds, um, the, the drugs that you're on. She said, we see them being effective for years, sometimes decades. And the thing I've always felt is that science is moving so quickly. Look, you know, one of the things I discovered through the Instagram was that it was August 2019 that this drug was given FDA approval. Yeah. That's three years. Three years, gosh. In the market. Yeah. Um, What's going to come up in another three years? Yeah, you don't know. It moves so, science moves so fast. And that's genuinely what I feel. And even when I was starting to look up, like, look into it a bit more, like Hobnow with the Ross 1 fusion and... And like these studies, you know, and like whether the results are things I don't want to hear. And then I think, well, actually, my case is so unusual that I can't, I can't really find another study like me. Yeah. So there's no point even hanging on to that, like for good or for bad. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the chat really with Dr. Newbold was she was just sort of wanting to know, like, where am I with my side effects? And like again with the treatment what I'm feeling like I'm feeling it working I can feel the lumps going down they're still going down which is great I said to her I'm eating a lot which I am Claire I'm not just like oh I'm on holiday I mean Dinch can't quite get over what what I'm putting away and that's the thyroid thing you know and she said we've got our eye on your thyroid it's a little bit under Mm -hmm. so we just want to keep our eye on that and I said you know and then what I would do is take thyroxine to kind of balance that out but that's definitely affecting my metabolism and my hunger and how much I can eat and tiredness you know and the tiredness could be any number of things side effects it could be from the cancer I've also I spoke to the doctor about the heart MRI and it's like I said last time that I've got slightly not swollen or well, slightly swollen fluid um, around the membrane and that could be a COVID thing it could be a vaccine thing so he's subscribed me some anti-inflammatories and I, I feel about that like okay kind of it's another thing but I don't think it's that serious he said look your heart like it's functioning really well. So I don't want you to worry um, that this is just something that we spotted. But he actually said, I don't think you should have the fourth given this. I don't think you should have the fourth vaccine. So um, he and, so that's Dr. Lyon and Prof Popat are going to have to fight that one out between them. (laughs) Leave them to it. Yeah, leave them to it to decide what I should do. So um, I just going to ask about one of the side effects. I know you said that everything was tasting really sweet recently. Is that is that subsided or is that still? I'm going to have a sip of water. 
aka cordial if it still tastes sweet or is it back to water? It's not as strong as it was. Things are tasting more like they should, but it's certain things now. So like tea tastes really sweet. Strawberries, I bought these strawberries and I said, didn't. Oh my God, these are delicious. Are they really sweet or is it what I'm tasting? And he was like, yeah, they're good, but you could probably taste. So, so that's, that is subsiding. I have felt very dizzy, like, especially because we were getting the boat over back and forth quite a bit. A bit of, sea, bit of seasickness thrown in. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, look, when we got to, when we did get to the airport, I had this thought like, wow, I'm like eight weeks into treatment and I can get on a flight and spend like a mini break in this amazing city. And, you know, even though like I said to Dinch one evening, I just, I feel 60% and I felt 60% for so long. And I just, I just really want to feel 100% again. And he said, you know, don't underestimate like prior to this, you were going through IVF and what that was doing to you, not even that much physically, because I didn't have that much side effects, but emotionally, you know. So it's really been a long time since I've felt well. And I and I think it's going to continue to be. And by the way, I'm not an ill person. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think like, Claire, when you think of me, do you think of me as someone that gets ill? No, I don't. I think of you as like this unstoppable force of nature, like vibrant, um, hands in many, hands on multi-devices. Like, I, I know you don't have a Blackberry anymore, but if you did, there's Blackberry, iPhone, iPad, some kind of like headset mic, like, anyway. And um, living life in a really exciting, supercharged kind of way. You, you're, I've, I've only ever remember you being ill once when we worked together. And that was like a tummy bug. Yeah, right, that's so interesting. Yeah, so I'm I'm just not an ill person, which is why it's just it's really hard to not feel fully a hundred percent all the time, and just and also just to be able to say like I, I I need to rest and I can't do that and I can't you know and I don't want to be the boring you know the party pooper. Um, so and I say to Dinch sometimes when I go to bed early, like, am I really boring? Am I making us really boring? It's like nine thirty and I'm going to bed, and he's like no, I really enjoy having a bit of time to myself when you go to bed and I can watch the TV and I can watch Match of the Day. and you have a bit of a man cave time. Yeah. So that's reassuring. So, yeah, I think that kind of summarises. We came to Dinch's parents who were just, oh, they're just so lovely. They are sunshine incarnate, those two. Dinch's dad, and I just remember him so clearly from your wedding, like the most gorgeous, the most gorgeous smile. And they're eyes were just so lit with happiness the entire time of your wedding and his mum as well and they're just uh, yeah I mean obviously this is just my experience with them but they're such beautiful warm-hearted people they really are and like as soon as they open the front door because they don't speak English and I don't speak Turkish like you know we've got the odd word here and there but they just flung their arms around me and they said welcome our daughter welcome our daughter and like that's you know I remember when I first met them we sat around the table and Dinch and I had been together oh we'd been together a year a bit over a year and um and they said welcome to our family Katie I, I was just like I was so emotional so that they're really really lovely lovely people and um you know it's dinch is exhausted he's having to translate the whole time ask that as well because like you don't they don't speak english you can't tell them they can't be part of the community of listening to the audio and you telling this in your way so dinch has got to tell this in your way and in his way to them and how has that been for 
do you know how that's been for him telling them or, or you being I think they've been really really amazing like when he told them first they they just naturally they don't inquire in a way that's going to make things more difficult for him they're like just incredibly calm incredibly supportive they I know that he's said to his dad you know I just like I'm struggling with with not being able to control any of what Katie's going through and his dad said you can't you just you just can't and you have to accept like the doctors and you have to accept that they're all giving her the right treatment but just this morning we were having breakfast. I mean, his mum's the most amazing cook and it's just food that I love. And I mean, home-cooked Turkish food is so good. And she said, I wish I could understand what you were saying in your audios. And I was just like, oh my God. And I said, Didn't, maybe we can find someone who could translate them for us. I think there is, Susie's, there is, you know, because I was going to transcribe our trailer. There is software that you can put audio through that will transcribe it. I'm sure it could like... I'm sure we could find a way to transcribe it into Turkish. Yeah. I mean, it needs to be into sound. His mum's really losing her sight, which is another really sad thing because she's a brilliant sewer and a brilliant cook and she can hardly see. Um, But yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, I'm sure we can. I, I found I was doing Google Translate with her and... This morning I was up early as I always am and I found this, I love their little balcony off the kitchen, doing my little morning routine and then his mum appeared about half an hour later. So I was doing a little bit of the Google Translate, you know, just chit chat. And then I don't know what I said, but it translated in, so let's go to bed and have sex. What on earth did you do? That's not something you should have kept a ditch. Did it just pop up? Did somehow like Google Translate like autocorrect something in there for you? I don't even know but it was so funny and then when I went back Tinch was waking up and I told him and then his mum said like at the breakfast table you know the Turkish language as she described it's very elastic you know one word can mean many different things and she was a teacher she's a maths teacher and she said at school she would always get the kids turning words into something naughty like whenever she was taking the classes so I think you know she knows how to kind of skim over that stuff she was like, oh, just rolled her eyes, carried on. Love it. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, but it's been it's been really special. And, you know, for Dinch, because like most people with family abroad, COVID, he's not seen them for nearly three years. So that's been lovely. Oh, good. I'm glad. And when are you, when are you, so it's eight weeks that you've been taking, you've been on treatment for? So on Tuesday, I see, so today is Sunday. So on Tuesday, I go back for my four week checkup. So I've had a two week and then this will be, the four weeks where they'll take my bloods again. And I mean, I've only got two doses in the bottle, in my magic bottle of ontrectinib. So I go on Tuesday to get another prescription, prescription, which I've already said to the clinical nurse there, Sarah, can you make sure that it's at the Chelsea hospital that I don't have to go to Sutton to collect it this time, please. Again, getting on top of my admin, my medical admin. Jump start on it. Yeah. (laughs) So I will go and see him. So I haven't seen him since I've started taking because he was away. Um, And it was funny, as I was falling asleep last night, I was thinking, I'm going to ask Prof Popat if we could zoom in Dr. Newbold into some of my appointments so that I could have them both there at the same time. Because I figure like, given they both know different things, right? Like Propat knows the treatment and Newbold knows the cancer. Like surely 
there is like there's a Venn diagram there where of course I know that they're going to be speaking and they're going to be on top of it but I just feel like I could kill two birds if I could just meet with them both because I'm meeting with Newbold in person the week after um my nutritionist who is very qualified and that again is a disclaimer that I don't think people should just take supplements willy-nilly um has done a update for my supplement plan um it's simplified a lot but basically she sent it to me with a letter to the doctors and further information about the supplements which I've sent to them to say I'll totally take your lead but I would really like to start taking these so we'll see what they say okay well so Tuesday Tuesday morning you in there or okay okay well I'll keep my fingers crossed for you as ever um thank you darling Claire and continue to enjoy your lovely special time in Portugal with your brother and sister to have a wonderful time with your family and we'll speak uh next week yeah lots of love bye thanks for listening to this week's talking with cancer feel free to share the show or give us a review on apple's podcast spotify or google it could help other people find out about us and might help someone you don't know who's got questions about cancer please get in touch we'd love to hear from you either via our Instagram, which is talking underscore with cancer, or you can email us hello at talkingwithcancer.com. See you next time. Bye.